0: made no move but instead spoke again. Or you can offer me something I want more than I want to hold your head underwater until the last of your air is gone. Atolia had thought her choice was to be conscious or unconscious when she breathed in the black water that would kill her. She couldn't imagine what Eugenides might want more than that. It was all she would have dreamed of in his place. I want to be king of Atolia, he said. <laughs>
1: Everybody, I'm Noelle and I'm Caitlin and this is the Atolian Archives your Queen's Thief reread podcast to get you through the wait for Return of the Thief. It's June 15th 2019 and today Gals and Pals is the first day of the rest of our podcast.
0: Everything up to this point was pre-boat scene and now we are entering the post-boat era. Let's just take a minute to reflect on this chapter as a whole. (laughs) (laughs) I opened up the book to start making notes for what we would talk about and I my gut reaction was I don't know if I can talk about this chapter out loud like
1: (laughs) this chapter it's an experience (laughs) it's a private experience that each of us has (laughs) is it possible to intellectualize this it's so moody I was struck by that reading it this time they're in the water and it's dark and she can't see his face it's in shadow and it's stormy and then the cloud parts and they see the
0: moon yeah the drama is unparalleled it's much more set in place than a lot of the other chapters you know like the landscape of the ocean is uh much more paramount than any of the other scenes can be happening anywhere as long as it's you know in a palace yeah, somewhere we haven't had a
1: lot of the ocean so far. Yeah, the ocean hasn't been much of an image until now. There was the river. There's the landscape that they're traveling through in the thief.
0: Mm, but but the, the river and the thief heightened emotional point in the thief comes with water. Heightened emotional point in Queen of Tolia comes with water and the threat of drowning metaphor. again. Threat of drowning, true. <laughs> Threat of death. Threat of death. Uh, Again. It's specifically, like,
1: Megan Whelan Turner did not have to specifically pick the image of drowning. She didn't
0: have to go this hard.
1: She did did not have to go this hard. But she did. And why, why is it that and not something else? Hmm. Is it to make that connection to the thief?
0: Could be. I had never noticed that until you mentioned the river just now.
1: Water is something that is... It's heavy. It's a natural force that's fluid. inescapable. Mm-hmm.
0: Changeable.
1: But also changeable. Life-giving yeah.
0: also. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily all of the bad adjectives.
1: Yeah. Ursula K. Le Guin would say it was feminine.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. It's definitely the most dramatic path he could have taken out of Ephrata. <laughs> like, a horseback chase would not have probably had this level of height well it no, would have been less dignified
1: lie. maybe but he re- he removes her from the land mm. like he puts her yeah. on a boat and they go out into the water neutral and water. yeah they're in a neutral place mm-hmm. and they're both shifting he's in shadow which we already mentioned which he's been in shadow quite a bit in this book the magus uh, sees, sees him in shadow yeah the, the chapters from atolia's And it says she thought that if she searched for the guardsman Talaeus had sent to escort her, she would find him nearby, not unconscious, not bound and gagged, but dead. Jen is not a child anymore, and he's entered the world of violence.
0: Yeah, fully.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Anatolia is very perceptive in that way, that she sees that change in him, but in other ways she's not perceptive at all.
0: So I think that's the reason. What so the reason that she was able to perceive this change in him, but not others, is because uh, killing the guardsman instead of tying him up is something that she would have done. She would have immediately gone to the most ruthless, most sure option, the safest option for her.
1: And oh my god! Oh, is he becoming more like her? Is his emotional journey to like do they meet each other in the middle? Does he become more like her and she becomes more like him? Is that
0: there's that line in King of Atolia where is, someone's narration says it remained to be seen whether she would become more like her king or her king more like her.
1: And, I mean, we talked about how he he imitates her facial expressions, mm-hmm. and he almost wants to embody her in order to understand her.
0: So, do you think, in your own opinion, not totally, is that the guardsman really is dead, or is she just jumping to that? Do you think... Jen would have killed him. That's a good question. I mean Jen
1: remains adverse to violence, especially killing unless absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And that's something that he's going to continue to struggle with. But this is a desperate moment yeah for him
0: and, but he's
1: still he's still using his trickery they have the fake Mm canon and so he's he's using the assumption that there will be violence especially violence on a large scale and he's managing to subvert that i'm
0: kind of thinking i don't know i'm split Mm. we can't know because it would be sure to kill the guardsman but with his aversion to killing people and since this is such a short time thing it's such a short time frame Mm-hmm. someone tied up for the 10 minutes it takes to get off the dock mm-hmm. wouldn't be that much of a risk.
1: Yeah, especially because once they're out on the water, there's really nothing that can be done. Yeah. This relates to two other things. There's another bit of the narration where it says she, being Atolia, had needed the mask to rule and she had been glad to have it. She wondered if Eugenides was glad of his. Which is page two hundred forty. So she relates to him in that way as she recognizes that she's pulled him into her world, mm-hmm. in a sense. But that's what Atolia is thinking. Yeah. And no narrator is reliable here.
0: Another connection with the mask is that um. What uh what preceded that quote about uh she's thinking about her mask was that when she's she was thinking about how um. When she had taken the throne and had the claimant for her throne shot, she narrates that none of her fear or revulsion had chilled on her face. So she wondered if Eugenides was glad of his mask. So she's, I took this to mean that she's assuming that he's hiding fear or revulsion also. Mm-hmm. But my question is what do you think, what emotions do you think he's really hiding right now? Because we know he's in love with her. Many, very different emotions. <laughs> That's another example of how perception is not necessarily the truth of what's really going on in these people's heads.
1: Mm-hmm. Which also brings us to the question of when he says that he is uh, willing to kill her and threatens to kill her, is he bluffing? Yeah. Would he do it?
0: I think he must have been bluffing yeah well first of all first of all so I don't know that Edis would give him orders to kill Atolia Mm mhm I think probably they might have tried some sort of negotiation with Edis and Atolia Mm mhm so that's one thing is that I don't know if he would have had those orders but even if he had gotten orders to kill Atolia I don't think he would have done it Mm mhm I don't know
1: but 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 Mm -hmm. see there's there's a lot of performance happening here right and there's a lot of power because after they have that exchange and after he lays it all out on the table he gives her back her knives and he gives her the opportunity to kill him
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and she decides not to and says that it's because if i reach the top of those stairs alone i know that i'll be killed Mm -hmm. by your friends who are waiting yeah and so maybe Jen would himself not be willing to kill her, but he knows that those are the options. Right. And so there's violence inherent in this no matter what.
0: Yeah, no matter whose hand it is. Mm-hmm. Oh and my I think- god, I didn't even realize I made a hand joke until, I was- <laughs> until, it, was- until it was out of my mouth. <laughs> That's how they know they've got you. But he, like, I think that, um, maybe it
1: matters to Jen to be willing to do it himself. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think it would be dishonorable to at least admit otherwise.
0: Yeah, that sounds very Jen. That sounds in line with him.
1: Yeah. Because I'm not willing to kill you, but I'll send you to your death. That's cowardly.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think Jen believes that. Yeah.
0: Atolia mentions Jen's age, or her narration does, four separate times in this chapter. Four times, just in case you forgot. (laughs) And the most important of those times, in my own opinion, is that uh, it says she was wondering when she had sunk so low she had begun torturing boys. It was a question she'd asked herself night after night, etc. That was when the penny dropped for me. Really? Yeah. Just, I don't remember exactly, I don't remember too much about reading this for the first time, but, like, that sentence hit me right there. Because that's when you go back and you have, now it it puts the entire rest of the book into context. A new context. You have to go back and reread all of those night scenes. With the knowledge that in all those scenes, she was asking herself that.
1: Everything everything that they might feel about each other is complicated by power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this scene is a microcosm of that. Yes. I also love, never drink from my wine cup while you hope to live. Because it's a threat. Because she killed the previous guy by poisoning him in his wine cup. But also, it feels like it's, we can get married, but I'll never sleep with you.
0: Mm -hmm. She's reasserting that, you know, he may have the upper hand right now, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have to watch his back for the rest of his entire life. Yep. Or that she can't get it in other ways. And he, he pickpockets her
1: knives, and then he (gasps) juggles her knives (sighs) one-handed, and it's, it's very it's very performative and it's like he has he's returned to his full power
0: mm. i think it's hilarious that she literally doesn't even realize he means marriage at first that's <laughs> not she goes to her mind goes to like declaring him her heir legally with witnesses <laughs> before in
1: marriage. this empty cove <laughs>
0: But that's another, that's another marker of just how inconceivable it is to her that he would want her, want to marry her, mm-hmm. Um, that she would be capable of being loved is another extension of that. She just can't believe someone could feel like that about her because she thinks that she's a monster.
1: Uh, to be fair, I... <laughs> uh she's definitely interpreting the situation based on the evidence available. Yes. She assumes, first, she can't fathom that he wants to marry her. Mm -hmm. And then when he says he wants to marry her, she immediately thinks, you want to marry me so that Edis can overrun my country Mm -hmm. and my people can be taxed and the barons can be back in control. Like, there's, I want to be king of Atolia, and then there's the marriage realization, and then I want you to know that I love you, those are three separate bombs that go off
0: yeah but obviously she doesn't see the i love you bomb as something separate she sees it as just another just a joke or a manipulation or mm-hmm. something to try and support the first two
1: and he's yeah. trying to show her that he's sincere by giving her the opportunity to kill him <laughs> he he like because he's 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 created this situation where the tables have turned and he has all the power, mm-hmm. and he has threatened to drown her and hold her under the water with the pole, and then he gives her back her knives and says, "You can stab me, you can push me in the water,
0: yeah, as if it's equal but
1: but it's, but it's still not still really not
0: because he still has the upper hand overall. Because she
1: still knows that she can't kill him without forfeiting her own yeah. life, and so, so does that gesture mean
0: anything? No, to her at that point. But he—he's hoping it will. Just symbolically. Symbolically. But from Otolia's point of view, symbolically that would look like an insult, like rubbing it in that she could, she could kill him, but that but it she wouldn't would do any good. Die. That even though she has weapons. They're useless. And I I want to find profundity in
1: that moment where he makes himself vulnerable to her, mm-hmm. and I and I definitely think he he wants it so badly to
0: mean something. Yeah. And he, I would say he wants he wants the I love you to mean something more, mm-hmm. And that vulnerability. Goes with it because he says he gives her back her knives, and then he says, "Before you make your decision about whether you stab me or push me in the water or whatever, I want you to know that I love you." So he's tying that vulnerable those th- two together. Th- those yeah. two together, yeah. As as a gesture of his sincerity. So maybe not, not you know, but it doesn't mean anything. That but it he does. Still has the upper hand. Yeah, well That's not. That's not what I.
1: Oh, you're, you're saying that maybe he's not even thinking about that context. Yeah,
0: he, I think he was trying to tie those two things together, mm-hmm. not realizing that if, he, if she did kill him, she would still die.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. I had sort of assumed that he was considering all factors at all times.
0: I have read it as if he was overlooking that. Mm-hmm. Just because he wants it so desperately to mean something, you know.
1: yeah. He almost forgets for a moment that they aren't alone.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, do you remember that that comedian who said that <laughs> he was so excited about the existence of all that apple juice that he <laughs> <brought up laughs> with? He forgot racism <laughs> existed. <laughs> yeah, he was
1: <laughs> so excited about all of this. <laughs> Romantic love and vulnerability that for a second he forgot war.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What were you saying? What what <laughs> deep and meaningful thought did I callously interrupt? I, I feel like
1: a lot of their relationship is Jen and maybe Irene too. They're trying to have a free and private relationship. Of in a place. world in which that is not possible. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're alone in this moment, but they're not alone. Yeah. There are people at the top of the stairs waiting.
0: People will see the outcome of whatever it is. So it seems like no matter what they do, even when they're alone, they can, at least in this moment, they can still sense the world's eyes on them. hmm And how it's going to play out in the eyes of the world.
1: Mm-hmm private
0: versus public personas.
1: He can't be just a just a thief standing in front of a queen asking her to love him. It has to be political and he has to find a way to manipulate all the politics to make what he wants to happen personally happen.
0: There are so many hints in this chapter. That Atolia is in love with him. When she's reminiscing about overhearing, <laughs> overhearing him cry after his hand is cut off, it says she had known even then that she would turn on any guard that mocked the thief's pain. And when they're about to get into the, the boat, um, she thinks about how she remembers him smiling at her after hey, me, this is Gift episode. And... It says she didn't think that he would smile at her again, not even to gloat. Mm. So there are all these little these little seeds still in this chapter that are gonna
1: And so she feels as if she's missed whatever opportunity mm-hmm. she had to connect with him.
0: Yeah, and like she says uh she narrates when Eugenides says, or you can offer me something, I want more than I want to hold you your head underwater until you drown um her narration says like oh she was surprised and it was all she would have wanted in his place so she can't conceive of him mm-hmm. you know thinking of her any differently so if that window is gone <laughs> <laughs> and we think we think a lot about
1: how does their relationship develop in light of the violence that she has done to him um and the power imbalance that they have in that way but he has also put himself in a position where there's a power imbalance in his favor and there's also a power imbalance in his favor because of gender especially right here
0: how do you see that here in the scene
1: he gives her the option of You can marry me or you can die. Mm -hmm. And her assumption is, we'll get married and all of these bad things will happen to the country because I will no longer be in power, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: practically speaking. Because the king will always overrule the queen.
0: Right. Although I took that more as a, the foreign power who's winning will take over the national power mm-hmm. but the gender thing is very real also
1: yeah oh and also they talk about what will happen to edis if she chooses to die and yeah. all these things happen with the war and uh jen says that oh my what's the exact line did i write it down there will be an edis long after Sunus and atolia are gone Which, of course, we know is not true in a literal sense. Mm. But maybe it is metaphorically. Although he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that there's any conflict there because he doesn't know about what's coming. But thinking about just the significance of that line and how Edis, Edis is kind of the heart of the peninsula culturally mm-hmm. and has the old gods that are returning and maybe that will survive and supersede Atolia and Zunis. That's an idea to keep thinking about I think as yeah. Jen keeps rolling up the map. <laughs> Um, i also wanted to talk about we're already over time but uh when jen talks about when he fell in love with her or when he looking back identifies as the moment that he fell in love with her is watching her dance from hiding in the tree and he says that she was uh, dancing with the sisters and friends that existed only in her imagination and so he identified with her lonely child to lonely child and also it's specifically sisters, and we've talked previously mm-hmm. about how Atolia doesn't have any other women in her life. She yeah. doesn't have women that she can trust.
0: Um Lastly, we wanted to ask listeners, what do you think is the significance of this turning point if you're reading these books out of the chronological order? So any of you who have read them in a different sequence than the the typical did this mean something different to you than it would have otherwise? Yeah, because I have...
1: I can't really
0: imagine it. Yeah. We should
1: come up with other orders, like how Star Wars has the machete (laughs) order. We should make different ones and name them fun things. That's chapter 15. Next episode, things get worse. Believe it or not. (laughs) Send us your comments, questions, and thoughts, chime in at Be, Be blessed, blessed in your endeavors. Thank you for listening. This has been an amateur embroidery production. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available. What's going on? My dudes!